know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Today, we are still live and direct from Tennessee Valley Community Church, yes. where uh, this is this is actually the first official night of the Truth for a New That's Generation right. conference. Right. But there have been a few things kind of pre-conference that made us almost feel like we had already had the conference but really that was those were all pre-conference so on wednesday we had the youth event and then on thursday we had a pastor's luncheon i want to say it was a lunch and learn yes and then so tonight is the main event if you will and there's still time to come out and join and to be a part um we desperately tried (laughs) i say desperately tried um but we wanted to get dr mcfarlane on today to talk about what he's going to be presenting he shared it with me and said that i had permission to share with our audience, what he's going to be talking about. Um, but in two words, I can tell you that I'm not sufficient to tell you what he's going to be talking about. It's <laughs> artificial intelligence. Yeah. It's and a big why deal. We, though. Why we need to be concerned. It's, it's a big deal. You know, I, I, and for me, just seeing stories online, you know, I just, I saw one that I, I shared with a few people and it was uh, the rapper Jay-Z. His whole voice was, <laughs> um, mimicked or, or used or whatever it's troubling in a song you know but it sounded just like him but it wasn't him you know it was, yeah. like, it was ai uh, technology and so and that, maybe that's on a smaller scale but man this is something that i think we need to be on the lookout for yeah because you talk about identity theft my goodness you know like this We're is a whole ready. nother level of that we're not know? ready and as a society and we're going to go to our guest here in, in just a second but as a society when you combine the moral decline that we are clearly observing with the type of technology that is available to man. It's right. like we cannot oh be trusted goodness. with that, yeah. uh, let alone how do you begin policing it? You've got you've to wait for, you know, to see what happens with that, then to know, okay, so now we need to put these measures in place to protect people. Right. But, but in the meantime, you're waiting for something to happen to see how is this going to be used for nefarious purposes, right. and then we got to right. step in. And shut it down. I, I don't know. It's just very <laughs> yeah, troubling. You, you got to really think through these types of things because, you know, there can be so much damage that could be done. And if you don't have certain precautions and things set, you know, laws even. Yeah. Man, people can really be hurt by this type of technology. Yeah. So. And I, I, I don't mean to sound dark, but I, I would say and will be. Yeah. And, and will be. Yeah. Um, there are many ways we can go. And maybe Dr. Barna has some some thoughts on artificial intelligence, the rise of it, yeah. and how we as Christians, faithful Christians, need to navigate the potential um, that we're facing with, yeah. with its rise. So we'll, we'll just see. But let me just formally introduce our guest. We are so excited that this year at the Marriage Family Life Conference, Dr. George Barna has agreed to join us and present talking about biblical worldview and the importance of that. Mm. This year's theme is for his glory alone. That's right. And, you know, when you think about living for the glory of God and you think about the incredible contributions that Dr. Barna has made to the body of Christ, I mean, of course, 
in the world, Dr. Barna has made con contributions, mm -hmm. but in particular to the body of Christ and really informing us of where we are as a church, where we are as followers of Christ. His research has been just invaluable. And he joins us today to talk about um, the piece that he will contribute to the Marriage Family Life Conference. I, I feel like I could give a better, more detailed introduction, Dr. Barna, but really <laughs> I think your name is your introduction, I think, and, and the longevity and what you've done um, for the glory of God, I think, really speaks for itself. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So can I just say, um, kind of behind the scenes, one of the things that um, really meant a lot to us was that when we extended an invitation yeah. and invited you to come and present and asked if you would, um, one of the things that you said in response was, it was the aim of the conference Amen. that that even um, kind of allowed you to consider coming, yeah. that it was not um, looking at all of the things that we've tried to put our hope and our faith in, um, but it was looking at um, preserving the faith in our kids and equipping them and communicating the importance to parents of biblical worldview and how we live and navigate in life. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for yeah, that, that encouragement definitely. and that affirmation. Well, I'm glad that meant something to you, but I mean, I was dead serious about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a, <laughs> sure. a, few, a few years back, you know, I'm, I'm getting older now, so I'm trying to figure out how do I finish well? I don't know when the yeah. Lord will take me home, but mm -hmm. I want the last few years to really kind of nail shut whatever it is that I've been trying to do to help advance the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I went back through a lot of research studies I'd done and tried to figure out I've done all this research, but what have we learned from it? Made a big yeah. list of points, and then I looked at them all and said, okay, so what does this tell me? And the thing that, that really jumped out from all that information was, you know what, no matter what the problem is, no matter who the ministry or organization is that I'm trying to serve through the research, mm -hmm. the one thing that keeps coming back is every problem is ultimately a worldview problem. Mm. And so, you know, we look at the nation, we're, we're divided politically, people are, you know, in each other's faces politically, uh, economically, there's all kinds of issues, our families are struggling, mm -hmm. you know, churches are wrestling with all kinds of, of challenges. But yeah. no matter what I look at, if we say, okay, well, let's, let's, you know, pop the hood on that car and figure out what's going on in that engine, it's always the worldview. That's mm. the problem. So, that's why what y'all are trying to do at that conference is so important to me, because if we don't ensure and do everything that we can to make sure that children under the age of 13 have a biblical mm -hmm. worldview, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're going to continue losing ground, which is what mm -hmm. we're doing right now. And That's it's exactly because right. for, for more than three generations now, we've been seeding our children, we've been handing our children over to the enemy and say, well, you know, when they get to be adults, then we'll take them seriously. Oh, and the enemy on. said, thank you very much. Right. Because if I, if I can get them while their minds and hearts and souls are being formed and mm -hmm. developed, I win them. I win them over. Right. And that's exactly what's happened for decades now. So, you know, the more that we can get parents and grandparents and ministers, yes. pastors, yes. teachers yes. to understand we're not just caretakers here. Oh. We, we have literally been called by God to develop the spirit and the mind and the heart of these children yes. so that they will grow up knowing that the only reason they get out of bed in the morning is to know, love, and serve God with all their heart, mind, strength, and soul. And whatever we can do to facilitate that, that's mm. a day well spent. 
And you know, it takes us back to the word of God in the original intent. Even in a family, we see how he instructed the fathers and yes. the mothers to teach these commands and these things to their children when they were in the home, walking by the way. You know, that he said, hey, when your children ask you, why do we do this? And then you say, it's because we were slaves in Egypt yeah. and he brought us out. It was always a reminder of you know, God has done this. And so we're supposed to, we're supposed to rehearse that in front of our children. That's right. And we're just getting back to that. We shouldn't have ever left that. Exactly. You know, I, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm so moved even just hearing you talk because um, depending on where you are and Dr. Barn, I know you can speak to this, but depending on where you are and the people to whom you're speaking, when you start to say the things that you're saying, People listen and then they say, okay, but, but what about this? And then they go to some sort of strength of man position, mm. right? It's like, but we need to be doing this. We need more people here doing this. And, and you say, I know, but your family, but, but turning your focus to what is happening inside of your home. Like if, if we could start at our breakfast table, if we could start on the couch with our kids, people do not see that as any type of uh, work that is valuable. And I'm wondering how you address that and show the eternal benefits of focusing mm. on the family. You know, we can start in Deuteronomy 6, understanding that God was very clear that it's primarily the parents' responsibility to train children up, to raise them to be lovers of God, servants of God, and yeah. warriors for the kingdom of God. And so if that's my responsibility, and and I'm willing to be sidetracked by other things, then let's go back to the Great Commission. Let's go back mm -hmm. to Matthew 28 and look at what he said. Look, final word here, mm -hmm. go, make disciples. And mm -hmm. And when I face God at the end of my life and he judges mm -hmm. what I've done, I don't want to have to tell him, well, that wasn't my job. I handed that off to a pastor at church. I handed it off to neighbors. I handed it off to right. a Sunday school right. teacher. You know, I, I, I let the media raise my children, you know, uh, which is basically mm. what's happening. So, yes. yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, no, no, no. It, we're, we're making this too complicated. It's mm -hmm. really very simple. Jesus said, your job is to be a disciple. And mm -hmm. as a disciple, go make disciples. That's it. Let's not get all wound up in all all mm -hmm. kinds of programs and all kinds of agendas mm -hmm. and all kinds mm -hmm. of other turbulent activity. I've just got to look at my schedule every day and mm -hmm. say, what am I going to do to disciple one or more people so that they, they know God better, they love Christ more, they're more in tune with the Holy Spirit? That's mm -hmm. why I'm here. You know, we, we lose sight of the fact that God doesn't need our agenda. He's not impressed by it. He's not going to work through it. He's going to work through his agenda. We are here to be <laughs> the servants, the servant warriors that are his army on planet Earth to get his job done. Life is not mm -hmm. about me. It's about him. Mm -hmm. He created Amen. me for his purposes. So mm -hmm. for me to come back to him and say, mm, check this out, God, I got a great <laughs> idea. You're going to love this. Uh, you know, I, how arrogant and how foolish that is. It's yeah. like, you know, start out on your knees, shut your Amen. mouth, listen mm -hmm. to what God wants to tell you, where he wants to send you, how he wants to use you. And just do it, because that's yeah. where you're going to get joy. 
That's where you're going to get fulfillment. That's where you're going to get impact. Yeah, and that's that's what I think we're going to see the results that we crave. I, I think that we collectively, as the body of Christ, I think we have a desire to see what the Bible displays for us. We we want to see that, but I, I don't think that we want to commit to the obedience that is required to see that. I think what you're talking about right now is profoundly simple, right? Mm. But it remains elusive mm-hmm. for us in the church. I'm wondering why. Like, why is it that we think just obeying God and doing what is clearly written is too simple to work? Why have we invented new, more um, exciting ways to do what is just profoundly simple in Scripture? Well, I I think there are a couple of reasons. One of those, and and this is all based on the worldview research that we do here at the Cultural Research Center, one of the things that we consistently discover is that Americans make their choices not on the basis of God's truth, but on the basis of their feelings. And so what we're doing is trying to uh, find ways of living that make us feel comfortable and secure and happy without recognizing that comfort really isn't on the agenda for Christians. We're promised mm. persecution. Uh, it, yes. it, you know, sec- security doesn't come from what we surround ourselves with other than God. That's where our security comes from, through Jesus Christ. And, you know, happiness is a fleeting emotion. It's here, then it's gone. It's here, then it's gone. Joy is what God calls us to. And that's a much deeper, lasting, fulfilling experience, because we only get that through our relationship with the Holy Spirit as mm-hmm. we're working in tandem with the Spirit to fulfill God's agenda. So mm-hmm. we're focused on the wrong things. It's coming from our feelings, and we misdefine success. We know mm-hmm. from our research that most people reject the idea, most Christians reject the idea that success is nothing more and nothing less than consistent obedience to God. Amen. 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 Let's do this, Dr. Barna. If it's okay, we'll grab the break and come back on the other side. Incidentally, I do want to make sure that our listeners understand that Dr. Barna is a professor at Arizona Christian University and director of research at its Cultural Research Center, still producing the kind of results and the kind of research that is so vital to us in the body of Christ. So we're going to take a break and we'll come back on the other side of the break and talk more about cultural transformation, how it begins with the family and how it begins on our knees with our mouths closed, listening listening to God's instruction. So profound. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We are live and direct from Tennessee Valley Community Mm -hmm. Church in Paris, Tennessee, for the Truth for a New Generation conference. And uh, this is the first night of it. Yes. Uh, Today, we are also interviewing Director of Research at the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, 
Dr. George Barna, and mm-hmm. we're talking about worldview and how important it is if we want to see transformational change for us to begin with our families, begin in our homes, begin with obedience. Uh, the mission of the Cultural Research Center is to advance the kingdom of God, <laughs> to advance the kingdom of God, <laughs> okay, by conducting cultural and biblical worldview studies that provide research and resources to inform and mobilize strategic engagement in cultural transformation. I, I feel like all of that says so that we can be faithful. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the, the mission is, is to be faithful because this is what the Lord requires of us to use all of the gifts and all of the talents, all the abilities that we have Amen. to glorify him and to truly be salt and light in our generation. But it seems that we've got several generations where we have missed that. Dr. Barna, just looking at some of the research that you've recently conducted, I know that you've got a book out that addresses uh, millennials. And I almost thought that that was a conversation we weren't having anymore. I thought we'd (laughs) moved on to Gen Z, in which I know that we can have some conversations about Gen Z. But talk a little bit about the research that you have um, produced about the millennials. Well, uh, it's part of a big project that we did trying to understand that generation. And, you know, you raise a good point. It's like, well, they're not the hot topic of the day, so we're not going to worry about them anymore. We're going to move on, you know? We blew it with them. Who else? (laughs) So, uh, you know, but but, uh, it was a really interesting piece of research to me because it it showed us a number of things that millennials are struggling with. And, And to me, it's important because you have to remember that right now millennials are the primary parenting generation in America. Mm. So given that my focus tends to be children, that they are, that's where the spiritual battle is won or lost, Mm -hmm. what happens with the minds, hearts, and souls of children. But (laughs) parents, biblically being the ones who are called to shape those minds, hearts, and souls, then, uh, uh, you know, we need to pay attention to them as well. So we did Mm -hmm. the study with them, and as as you'll see in the book, there, there were four major concerns or challenges, I think, that jump out of the numbers. One of those is recognizing that 75% of millennials today tell us that they feel they have no purpose for life. Now, when you think about the implications of that, you know, and what we tend to do as a culture is to create a lot of stereotypes around that. So, for instance, one of them is, ah, millennials are lazy. Well, maybe it's not that they're lazy. Maybe it's that they don't know why they shouldn't be lazy. They don't know why they should devote energy to anything because they have no sense of purpose. They have no sense of God-given direction. They don't have a sense of God, but we'll get to that in a moment. You know, mm-hmm. so you find, you find purpose being a big issue. And by the way, one of my big axioms that I always talk about is you can't give what you don't have. Right. And so if you're a parent and you can't understand why anybody lives, why they should continue to be excited about life, why they should mm. invest themselves in doing anything at all, well, what do you think you're going to pass on to your kids? Mm. And so if you've got one generation that we've already grown accustomed to calling slackers, mm-hmm. what do you think the next generation is going to be? Because that's the model that they have. That's the philosophy that they're being taught. So we've got to break that stronghold in the lives of the millennials. Second thing we found is that 
uh, a majority of them tell them tell us that every day they feel like they're wrestling with significant mental health issues, mm. anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, fearfulness about the world. All of these things, think about what that does to you. Because, yeah. You know, put that together with a lack of a sense of purpose. And and then, you know, you, you've got all these feelings, which you believe are the most important things. There's no absolute moral <laughs> truth in the minds of mm-hmm. millennials. So what do they revert to? Their feelings and their feelings are, oh, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling mm-hmm. depressed. I'm feeling afraid and scared and insecure. All of these things. Now, I'm not making fun of them. This is very, right. very real. And yeah. that's why we did this and put it out as a book, because those of us in the body of Christ need to understand this so that we can minister more on point with these people. This is where they're hurting. We're called to deal with their hurts and, and to bring Christ into their life to heal those hurts. And we can't do it if we don't know what they are. You know, and then thirdly, we found that they're, they're struggling with relationships. Mm-hmm. They believe relationships are vitally important, but they don't have any lasting relationships. They don't have any deep relationships. So while they're looking for that, they also feel isolated. Oh, my goodness. So now you've got people without purpose who are anxious and depressed and frustrated and fearful, and they've got nobody they can turn to, nobody they feel understands them and is in their corner. Now, this is partially because of their own narcissism, thinking that their life is all about them. But then Mm -hmm. that brings us to the fourth thing, which is their worldview where we yes. find that only 2% of millennials currently have a biblical worldview. It's like, okay, now I understand why you're anxious and depressed, right, because right. you think everything is about you. You mm-hmm. think there's no power greater than you. You think there's nobody who loves you enough who can come and assist you with all your other difficulties. That's who God is, the God who made you. So, you know, when you put this all in perspective, it's all interrelated. One mm-hmm. problem feeds into the other, but ultimately it's a worldview problem. Yes. Because there are literally more millennials who are what we call don'ts, people who mm-hmm. don't believe that God exists, or they don't know if he exists, or they don't care if he exists. Mm-hmm. 40% of millennials are in that category. Only 30% of millennials believe in the God of the scriptures. So, you know, we've we've got a lot of work to do. Yes. We failed them as a generation spiritually, but we can't now abandon them in this time of great need. So, you know, Dr. Barna, I want to back up to something that you said that, that I, I kind of want to spend a little more time on, because I think as you point out that you've got the millennials who are in the season of life where, um, I guess, largely they are represented in the child-rearing phase of life. So we've got them now shaping the minds of the next generation, if you will. And I'm thinking, even as you were talking, I was thinking of some research that was released back in 2020, and this was from the American Enterprise Institute. And I think it was Lyman Stone who tracked um, the history of religious beliefs in America, looking at how our country has declined and asking the question, why American children stop believing in God? And one of the things that he pointed out in the research is that it's a series of steps. It's that each generation believes just a little bit less than the generation before it. Religious practice declines in each generation. And the thing that really struck me about that research is that I think many of us think that it's almost sort of like a 
Hail Mary decline. Like it's just a long mm. throw. And then all of a sudden, here we are like in yeah. Babylon. But it really <laughs> is a series of just sort of living for yourself, not inculcating your beliefs, not um, rearing the next generation to know God. It's not living life with our children. And I'm wondering if we have been able to really mark that out and, and understand the changes that we need to make if we want to see a significant shift. Well, as a measurement guy, I, I would respond to that and say, no, we haven't taken that seriously. Yeah. I, I mean, if you look at our churches, and let, let's, let's now think as if we're in a war. Mm-hmm. I would contend that, that we live every day in spiritual warfare. Yeah. Yes. But do our churches believe that? Do they live mm-hmm. that way? Do mm-hmm. they think, do the leaders mm-hmm. of that church think like generals in a war, thinking about, but what's our strategy here? Because if you look at what churches in America have been doing for the last 60 years, the only real change that's happened is that we've replaced a desire to have people come to a church. Now we want them to come to a large church, a mega church. Mm. You know, and so what we measure, you get what you measure. Come on. And the, what we found in our research is that pastors across the country typically measure five things. How many people show up, how much money they raised, how many programs they offer, how many staff people they've hired, and how much square footage they built out on the campus. Mm. And, and I'm all for measuring everything you can measure. But if you measure the wrong things, you're going to get the wrong outcomes. And we're measuring the wrong stuff because none of that mm-hmm. builds disciples. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we why aren't we measuring the things that Jesus said when you do these things you'll be my disciples in John 8 he said you know if you obey my teaching you'll be my disciples in John 13 Amen. he said if, if if you love each other you'll be my disciples in John 15 he said if you produce a lot of spiritual fruit you'll mm-hmm. be my disciples in Luke 14 he said you'll be my disciples if you pick up your cross and follow Come me and, and then just mm-hmm. after that he said and uh, you know there can be nothing greater than me in your life. That's not exactly how he put it, but that's what he was saying. You know, you've got to abandon your agenda and embrace mine. Mm-hmm. Well, why aren't we measuring those things if that's what makes a disciple? We're not even thinking about those things in most churches. What we're thinking about, did we get off a 30-minute sermon and did people take notes and say nice things at the back door? So, you know, we've got to rethink what we're measuring in order to get what really is important. Now, I want to I want to um, double back to something that is not the focus of our conversation. Of course, we are talking about worldview training. We are talking about shaping the hearts and the minds of our kids, our kids who are growing up in our fellowships all across this country. But then um, they're they're really already gone like they, you know, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, they're already gone. It's just physically they're in the church. And we see this when they are of age and can, you know, truly live out what their own choices are. So I, I do want to stay there. But there's something that you said just briefly here (laughs) that grabs my attention. Um, The fact that there is spiritual warfare and that the Bible clearly lays this out. The Lord did not want us to be ignorant concerning this. But many people are uncomfortable acknowledging that we are in a spiritual battle, that there is a realm that we do not see where there is a fierce battle raging every single day. I'm wondering, when you just mentioned that, was that just a casual mention, or do you have any research attached to the fact that people kind of willfully ignore the fact that there is true spiritual warfare? 
Oh, no. I mean, we know that for a fact. In fact, here at the university, uh, you know, Arizona Christian University, uh, recently I was teaching in the chapel, and and my whole point to them was, you're not here for an education. You're not here for a degree. You're not here to find a mate for life. Mm-hmm. You're here because this is spiritual boot camp. When, mm-hmm. when you leave yes. here, you're going to be in the trenches of war. Mm-hmm. And you can go there like a ninny and lose <laughs> on day one because you're unprepared. Mm-hmm. Or you can spend your four years here understanding the nature of that war, doing everything you need to do to take on the armor, all the, all the weapons that Paul talks about for mm-hmm. this spiritual war, and to know something about your enemy, the strategies and the tactics that he uses so that you are prepared, you are equipped to fight back for the ultimate victor of the war. But even though God's kingdom will win in the end, mm-hmm. you can lose in this war if mm. you're not prepared, if you're not committed, if you're not engaged. And the problem with the church in America is that we're so comfortable in the rest of our life that we we treat spirituality in, in a very offhanded, blasé manner. No, we don't believe in spiritual warfare as American Christians, and that's why we're getting creamed. Okay, I, I want to say this, and, and I want to make sure that I choose my words wisely. I, I, I want to be honest with my communication. So when I, when I use the word scare, I, I don't mean, I guess in a literal sense, that that scares me, but I, I do figuratively mean that scares me to consider that I am, I am living life with believers who choose to ignore the spiritual battle that we're in. Like I, you know, I, I, it, to me, it is the same thing as like going to an actual physical war with someone who says, no, it's not really a battle though. Like you're, you're, we're here, but yeah, we're not, we're, we're not really fighting against anything mm. real. And when you talk to Christians, when you say, hey, you read the headlines and you compare what's happening in the world to what God has already said about the human condition, and you consider the fact that to hypersexualize children or to sexualize children at all or to confuse children on their identity, what it means to be human, you say, guys, this is spiritual. We have to, we have to approach this and understand that the enemy is playing the long game. And by the long game, I mean, eternity when you say things like that people are just like yeah but we better make sure that we get it out of our schools and i'm like yes you you should but also recognize that it is in the world that it is in the culture that we live in and so you can get it out of your your kid's school and you can protect them for a few years you can say k-12 or for us we homeschool but but what happens are they ready to live in as i call it and maybe it's over said are they ready to live in babylon and i think for so many people the answer if we're honest and we you know the answer is no. Well, Mickey, I mean, I, I'd agree with you, you know, and, and, and you were asking the question earlier, you know, what do I do about this? It's, it's like, well, you see, you see that. And, and that says to me right off the bat that God has created you to lead. And so your responsibility is to be able to take a vision for the future that God gives to you for his people in this country and around the world and to use whatever other gifts he's given to you to teach about that, to help them understand that, to arm them for the battle, to connect them with other people who will take them to the next level 
in their perspective, their understanding, their commitment, and and also to help shape their worldview. It's never too late to try to change somebody's worldview. It's difficult once they're adults. Very, very, very. Dr. Difficult. Barna. But, Let me jump in. Yeah. we got to grab this break. We'll grab it real, real quick, and we'll be right back. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Please stay there. With temporary to eternal, eternal. With temporary to eternal, eternal. Wow. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Halvey with Eternal. Man, I just want to say thank you so much to Dr. Barna. He actually had another interview and, yeah. and, and had to go. And so, man, but I'm just, I'm so grateful. You can see why it was important for us to have him at Marriage Family Life uh, 2023. Yes, yes. We definitely wanted to get him because of what you just heard. My goodness. The focus, you know, and what he's talking about is in line with where we are going and yeah, what we try to what talk about each and every day, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so um, you can still register marriagefamilylife.net, mm-hmm. marriagefamilylife.net uh, for your, your tickets to come to the, the conference. And he will be giving a, a special presentation and one that will not be recorded. That's important. I, I want to stay here for a second mm-hmm. because most of, if not all of the content I would say the exception would be the youth apologetics track. Yeah. But um, the main stage content is all recorded mm-hmm. and it's reproduced and then you can get it later. You can right. find it. Right. Um, Dr. Barna's presentation is not going to be recorded. It's yeah. not going to be archived. Um, it is a special presentation yeah. that he's making to the Marriage Family Life Conference. And yes. man, we really count it an honor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I would say if you, you want to hear that presentation, you know, please, you know, register. And there's some other things that we'll be telling you about going forward once I get some confirmation. Sure. Um, but, man, you just want to be there. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be really galvanizing for, for parents, uh, for grandparents, mm-hmm. for families to hear what he has to say. Uh, we know he does his research and everything, but it's all for the glory of God. It's not just to have numbers and things yeah. like that. It applies each and every day to what we're doing in our homes, you yeah. know. And so it gives us a better outlook on how to to raise our kids, grandkids. So if you're a parent, grandparent, if you're single and you're going to need to know these issues for when you are married. Yeah. You know, just and just to live and just how to live life, right now. Personally, as a and, follower of Christ, you, you know, so this is not just for married That's couples, right. you know, yeah. and, and just families, you know. In that way, like uh, mom, dad, and children, but it's for anyone who wants to come. Yeah, anyone who wants to come. So, marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. Uh, get your ticket uh, for the Marriage Family Life Conference 2023. You know, so I I was listening to Dr. Barna. Now we have God's eternal word, and so we know that we can trust God's word. Amen. We don't need confirmation. God's word is His word. It proves itself. Right. It proves itself. But I'm wondering, just to get your take on yeah. it, when you hear a researcher, mm-hmm. when you hear an individual, a brother, yeah. okay, who works with numbers yeah. and works with facts yeah. and handles data, when you hear a brother discussing spiritual warfare, yes, how encouraging is that to you? Very encouraging, and it makes me feel like, you know, that's how we should be. We should be a total person. <laughs> a whole Christian. package, yeah, right? Like, know, this is who we are. We have... The numbers, we have apologetics, we have all this stuff, but yeah. we also understand that everything is not, you know, just 
in our yeah, yeah in our the hands. five senses exactly. kind of thing, if you will. Yeah. Right, right. That there are spiritual things that are going on and the Bible is clear about that. Yeah. And it's also clear that God has given us weapons to Amen. war with. The weapons of <laughs> our warfare are not carnal, That's right. mighty through God to pulling down the strongholds. And so we have weapons to fight with. Come on. But if we never pick them up, as he was saying, like there's so many people that you know, just kind of look at this and, and and don't understand that we're in right, a war. Right. And so we don't pick up our weapons and fight. That's right. And so we're, like he said, we're getting creamed. Come, we're getting <laughs> creamed. We need to quote him on that. Listen, here's the problem that I have with it. I think that people often, when they hear you talking about spiritual warfare, they say, oh, that's for the feelers in society. Mm. That's for the feelers in the body of Christ. Oh, right. did you get a chill? So you think it's like a spiritual thing, right? It's like, no, these are facts. Right. So, so for me, when I hear someone <laughs> One who works with facts and works with and data and, and numbers yeah. and things that must be computed. I'm just like, I'm going, it's not for the feelers, right? It's for those who trust God and believe that his word is true. It's for those who know and have an intimate relationship with Christ that he has not left us alone. This mm-hmm. One of the things that comforts me about the reality of what's happening in the spiritual realm, and I do mean comfort, is that Jesus has set us up to win. Mm. He saved us, right? He saved us. So you could you could look at it in a sense and saying, okay, so let we deal with the big issue mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. The fact that you are the object of God's wrath. Right. So now you have the righteousness of Christ that has been imputed to you. You right. can appropriate the righteousness of Christ. But I'm not going to leave you there because right. you still got to live in this world. Yeah. So now, how are we set up to win? We have the advantage of the Holy Spirit, Amen. the comforter who indwells us, Amen. who allows us to be able to discern what's happening in the culture, to be able to see things afar off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, you, you don't have to walk around saying, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet. But my goodness, you can discern and see things yes. kind of coming up the pike and say, you know what? I'm I'm I gotta get ready for that. Yeah, yeah. I gotta. It's it's like you know you can look at the the, the weather patterns and know that something is something coming is based on yeah. what happens surrounding the event. Right. And so we are living same in a way. time where, in the same way, spiritually mm-hmm. speaking, we know that these things are coming. Mm. We we could look back now. I we used to say when we first started doing radio. I started doing radio in 2007. Mm-hmm. Started doing radio in 2007, and in 2007. I would say things like, and so coming up, coming down the line, so you can look ahead. And it was always like sort of, Mm. you know, Mm. just in the distance. But now I say, and I started saying this, I don't say it as much as I did, but I started saying we are here. Yeah. We are here. We are in the time that is coming mm-hmm. that I talked about 16 years ago. Yeah. We, we are here. And, and those who are able to stand are those who not only 16 years ago, but 30, 40, 50 years ago, Mm -hmm. were able to look down the line. I'm thinking Brother Don, able Mm -hmm. to look down the line and say, man, a time is coming where they're going to want to do this. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to do that. Now, how do we know that? How do we know that? Because we can discern things. We are not left to ourselves. The Spirit of God makes us wise, makes us discerning. And that's the thing. I I love how he talked about the church and and the fact that as pastors, we're generals. We see ourselves that way that there's a warfare and we're leading people, you know, are we leading people to realize and understand that there's a real war? Come a real, on. You know, or is it just, oh, you know, man, we're just getting along. We're just doing church. Yeah. But that if we see it as a mindset of military mindset, 
because that's how the enemy sees it. It's like there's a, a order. Yes. You know, that's right. And so that's right. for Rank us, why, why, why do we feel like, oh, we could just wing it and just, oh, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. It's the foolishness Look, of man. Man. And, and so this is this is real warfare. And pastors, we need to see ourselves as generals, as ones who are leading people to a real war and equipping them to be able to fight. Yeah, I, I think it really is a dereliction of duty for pastors to ignore what is clear in the scripture mm. and expect that we as as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, those who would be called the sheep, that we would be able to fight well. You know, there are some people who get and I want to get your response to this. Mm-hmm. Will great. There are some people who get upset when you talk about spiritual things, yeah. when you talk about the unseen realm, it just kind of interrupts their day. Yeah. They're just kind of like, I don't really want to get into all of that. Like you're, you're looking for a demon under every leaf. Mm-hmm. And, and I think just think in the natural illustrations that we're using today, imagine mm-hmm. that you're in like a real physical battle mm-hmm. or you've got people who show up, they have these weapons and, and you're talking strategy. You're talking, here are the things that the Lord has told us to do. Here's how we ought to respond to yeah. this. And, and think in a real sense, if you've got someone who is there on the front lines, if they're on the front lines, mm-hmm. and they're just like, but, you know, it's not, I mean, I don't want to get caught up in the enemy. Like, I mean, you mm. know, I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about like the other soldiers that are on the other side of the battle line. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to address right. what's going on. Like, you would turn to them and be like, why are you here? Right. You are unfit for battle. Like, why are you And that type of mindset will put you in a state of even thinking, like, they don't really exist. Exactly. You know, know, not want to talk. And the thing is. Like you're talking about Bigfoot. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. (gasps) I don't really exist. You know, but it's very real, more real than what we know. Yeah. And so the the thing is to be able to equip our churches and our, you know, uh, brothers and sisters, you know, to fight in this in this battle. Amen. And when we kind of play like, oh, it don't really exist. We're only hurting the, our cause, That's you know, right. of, That's of, right. of winning the loss, of standing with our families, all the things that God has called us to do when we ignore that there's a real battle. Yeah. You know, and I want to say this, too, and I, I think this is so important. Things like the Marriage Family Life Conference and all of the topics that will be covered there, these things really are supplements. Yes, they're supplements like they're not the main not source of nutrition right. for the Christian. Like right. these should be, um, excuse the expression, the shots in the arm. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Somebody's just like, no, no shots in the arm. <laughs> not the small. Not, we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, but come with me. Come, come back. Some people were just like, no, unsubscribe. Come back. Um, but these are the things that kind of get Christians kind of able to be encouraged enough to continue on Mm. because I think sometimes we feel like we're out on an island. I mean, I know personally that there are people who are like, man, when I try to talk about spiritual things, people just tune out. Mm -hmm. Like they don't, they, they are more comfortable looking at strategy that they can work with their own hands. I think that's a couple of reasons. I think because, you know, some, some feel like, oh man, when when I talk about that, I'm joining myself with people who are extreme. They're crazy. <laughs> you know, because there's been a lot of abuse done in the name of the Lord, like saying that this is God and it, and it wasn't. And it's, you know, mm. but I think there's another part of just real fear. Yeah. Like if I don't talk about it, that means it's not there. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't even go in that realm. Like, man, I'm not talking about that stuff, but it's, it's, it's real, yeah. you know, and it's not always how you think it, it, it's, it's going to be when you see uh, interruptions in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it seems like a lot of tension or your children. That's warfare. Look, like the I'm, enemy look. strikes where he can. And so I think the Bible talks about us not being ignorant concerning the enemy's devices. And so I think when we see it for what it is, yeah, there is people who are uh, demon possessed and things like that. But a lot of it is like right in our relationships, right in our families, in our homes. You have things happening. And you're like, man, what's going on? Seems like stuff just keep. 
Man, that's real warfare yeah. that's taking place. Yeah, and I'll tell you this, and this is something that I think is important to parents, that we begin um, helping our kids to understand and discern this at a very early age. Uh, just on a, on a personal note, you know, when we are walking with our kids through different areas of their life where we recognize it as a spiritual attack, yeah. man, we're going to tell them that. Yeah. We're going to point to scripture and say, hey, listen, the enemy is attacking you right now. Yeah. This is what, what a lot of people would like to dismiss as like mental issues. You know, this is number two on the issues that plague the millennials, as Dr. Barna was talking about, mm. um, wrestling with mental health issues. Uh, we're going to go a step further and we're going to say, wait a minute. What spiritually underpins what you're wrestling with right now? Mm. Like, like, how is the enemy attacking you? Is it true? What you're thinking on, mm. is it true? Is it lovely? Mm -hmm. Is it of a good mm -hmm. report? Like what, like what is it that is, is fixed in your mind? And I think when you start to do this with children, you increase their ability to depend on and trust the word of God, mm -hmm. because the reality is that we can trust the word of God. So mm -hmm. to ignore those areas where the Bible says very clearly that we wrestle not against uh, flesh and blood, we do that to our own detriment. Yeah. Uh, again, so marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. Uh, pray about it. See if the Lord would have you join us. Um, I'm excited. You know, every year I feel like, oh, wow, the Lord really put together the lineup of speakers. You know, Amen. I feel like he Praise lays God. these people on your heart and it's amazing how it all kind of comes together. Mm -hmm. um, but again, this year I feel like, wow, you know, if Amen. and the theme of the conference for mm -hmm. his glory alone, mm -hmm. every single thing that we're discussing, all that we're doing, all of the topics that will be covered for our kids. Mm -hmm. So talk, mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the youth apologetics track. And then I want to highlight what I'm going to be talking about this evening here at Truth for a New Generation um, the conference in Paris, Tennessee. But when you think about what we're doing with our kids, I feel like it's so encouraging. Like I think of, I think about Maria. And so the very first year that we're like, man, we want to do, we want to mm -hmm. do a conference mm -hmm. and um, we want to include the kids. And yeah. it was such an undertaking because yeah. it's, it really was starting from scratch. Right. Because we didn't want to just like, open a box and then just add water. <laughs> right, you know, we right. wanted to take some of the issues that we know our kids are facing as young as they are. Mm -hmm. And I think when we first did, it was just ages four to 12 or four to four 13, 13 I four to 13. And, um, and mm -hmm. then there was such a request, such a demand, if you will, that we would expand that yeah. to include the teenagers that we, we added that, but we added it after we encountered people who had similar conviction mm -hmm. and were already doing things to impact yes kids to culture proof kids right. who are in the teen group. And so anyway, I'm saying that to say it's strategic mm -hmm. and I believe that the Lord is pulling it all together. So just as a reminder, some of the topics that are going to be discussed in the youth apologetics track um, for the ages uh, four to 12 foundational truths in Genesis. I get excited about this, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to keep, let me just pause for a second. Not only do I get excited about this, but can I just also say there's a part of me that really wishes I had this growing up. Oh, man. I, I really wish that, you know, from 4 to 12, I had this wow. kind of yeah. worldview training. But like, that's what we have to do. Oh, you know, man. just, just uh, Dr. Bonner's words are echoing in my ears about how this is a spiritual battle, how the children have to be reinforced with the word of God. Amen. And so we're attempting to do this with the youth apologetics track, That's right. you know, and give them substance yeah. and help you parents and grandparents to take it from there and to be able to do so, the same type of things, you mm -hmm. know? And so when I think about that, and I don't even want to get to the topics, but it's like, man, having this at that age. Yes. And if you're out there and you and you've been raised in church and you're probably thinking the same thing, man. If I could have had if that, I had known, yeah. <laughs> growing up, 
Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, it's, it's, I, I could share a story. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Are we out of time? What, what brother, no. you say disrespectful. Oh, my disrespectful goodness. Disrespectful clock. I can't. <laughs> I cannot. Oh, it doesn't man. care. It's such a bully. <laughs> the music is violence. Um, <laughs> look, I just want to say I have a memory that's forever in my mind, and maybe one day I'll be, um, I will have had enough Holy Spirit therapy to share it, but I have a memory. Um, in my mind from my middle school days Mm. where I came face to face with one of my classmates and my classmate was making um, an assertion and, and I didn't know that I didn't know anything. And so I, I was going back and forth with my classmate and I learned later, like I learned later that I was wrong. Mm. I was wrong. And I have thought so many times at different times about that interaction and thought, man, if I could have been equipped, Mm. you know? All right. I think we're out of time. I don't have, okay. Until Monday, Lord willing. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.